Hello, welcome to Christmas Actually with Luke Allen and Lara Collier, the podcast that takes a look at the Richard Curtis film Love Actually, one day at a time. It's Friday the 11th of December, actually. I'm one of your hosts, Luke Allen. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Lara Collier. Hello! And our special guest for today, Reese. Hello. And Major. Hello! So, are you both able to briefly introduce who you are in whatever order you'd like? <laughs> Major, you can go first. Oh, thank you. Uh, uh, my name's Major Medina. I'm... Uh... Oh, I'm a podcaster. I do a, a Robotech rewatch uh, podcast where we watch uh, one episode of uh, Robotech, a cartoon from my childhood from the 80s, and uh, and we sit around and talk about it for two hours. So 22-minute uh, cartoon that we talk about for two hours. So if you want to listen to two middle-aged men talk about it for far too long, come on over to uh, Reflex Point. Brilliant. And I assume that's probably going to end up being what will be the case when me and Helen eventually do the Vicar of Dibley podcast. <laughs> oh, is that actually happening? Yes, we're, we're, we're in discussion to start in January. Oh, very cool. Um, it's going to be a weekly show. Um, <clears throat> looking forward to that. Hopefully we can get you involved in some way. Um, Reese, who are you? <laughs> um, I'm probably the most qualified person here for podcasting. I've done like a whole three episodes. So <laughs> five. I've, I've, oh, five episodes. Oh, it's five episodes, isn't it? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think I'm the most qualified here. Three of you, don't worry. It can be a bit nerving, but you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, I'm I'm a, still a student filmmaker. I Filmmaker with quotes, I guess. Just experimenting with things at the moment. But yeah, nothing special. I mean, it's... I mean, the in, the interesting thing is that I met you on a film set. Yes. That's true. Uh, An upcoming film, Hood, A Legend Reborn, in Nottingham. Really cold. Uh, <laughs> a very sort of updated, violent Robin Hood retelling. And we were both runners. And yeah, it was it fun. Was, yeah. It was a great day. And then we just ended up talking for ages while we were watching people being set on fire. <laughs> yeah, and being blown up and flung across the forest. Yeah. It was fun. It's been about a year now since that, hasn't it? Is yeah, it like... nearly. Can't believe that. Um, <laughs> um, how time flies. So, Reese, what is your experience with Love Actually? With the experience, I guess you could say, like everyone's seen the famous Kira Knightley, Andrew Lincoln card scene. So yeah. that's how I knew of the film. And then a few months ago, you mentioned about doing a Love Actually podcast. I'm like, oh, very cool. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a watch. So I watched it, and I thought it was really good, and I enjoyed it. Probably a new okay. favourite Christmas film that I watched in the middle of summer. <laughs> Prill. And uh, Major, what's your experience with Love Actually, if any? Oh, I've 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 been a huge fan of this film since it came out. Uh, you know, it's just it's just one of those films that instantly hit me. Um, rewatching it probably once a year around Christmas time. But uh, I'll tell you, you know, it may just be the climate uh, of today, but, you know, rewatching it now, especially with that kind of eagle eye 
you you kind of see things uh differently and, and you know i'm a i'm a father now so a, a lot of this stuff and and just having some experience going like all right that's that's probably you know i think the thing is is like it, it's the relationships aren't the greatest but you know what that's that's what love is you know what I, you know what i mean it it it's never clear it's never uh, this this great tied up in a bow uh situation and and I'll say it actually made me love it more. That's that's great. And like for you to have seen it when it first came out, it wasn't that big in America, was it? When it first came out, I mean, I don't know. It was a year before me and Lara were born. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's 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 hard to say because um, it, it's hard to say how big it was because I, I was just a, a moviegoer, so I, I would show up at the theater and just kind of go, whatever's starting next, I will go watch. Um, and, and this just happened to be one of those that I I popped into the theater and and just went. Um, I, I I haven't seen any commercials for this. I I don't really know what to expect. And and I watched it and was like, that is a delightful film. You know, same way with with uh, Notting Hill and and so many films. Um, but you know, this was one of those delightful uh, delightful surprises. We definitely love Richard Curtis movies on this show. Like. Well, me having come from two minutes about time. Richard Curtis is like, I won't go too in-depth, we talked about a lot. He's my he's like my biggest hero as a filmmaker. So when I got to interview him for the podcast, it was just like, I can't believe this. And he's been, I, like, I hadn't spoken to him before then, but he has been supporting the show. Like, I asked questions to him through his girlfriend's Twitter. Like, she's on Twitter and she answers stuff for us. And he, they sent signed pictures. They've sent uh, a copy of the About Time script over right um right. so they've been lovely people so shout out to richard and emma his uh partner and yeah so we open with jamie and aurelia and i you you may both have realized with your versions of the minutes that for some reason the subtitles weren't there <laughs> oh i watched a version with the subtitles so i yeah i, I did on my I dvd yeah i just yeah. used my dvd yeah. as well like you asked mm. yeah I, I, I watched both I watched the original the version without subtitles in the first place, and I got the gist of what she was saying from the number of times I've seen this. But yeah. then I watched it on the DVD as well because I get I get notes from the commentary. So, yeah. Yeah. So obviously, so, I sorry, mean, go on. No, no, carry on, carry on. No, it's just you're probably going to go into like the dialogue, aren't you? Yes, sort yeah. of lightly. I was just going to say, what do what do you think of the entire Jamie Aurelia story, both of you? Do you like it? Do you think it's overdone? Do you think it's cheesy? Do you think it's sweet? Um, I think it's one of my favourite like storylines from it. Um, I enjoyed like that one. There was some like other storylines which I didn't enjoy as much, but I did like. I thought it's quite interesting. That scene that we're talking about at the moment and not having the subtitles that would not have worked at all <laughs> if I just yeah. watched it and I'm like, oh okay. <clears throat> But obviously, because the subtitles are quite important in that scene, aren't they? Yeah. For like the comedic, they're falling in love kind of thing. Don't know why I said it like that, but yeah, it was. I like that story. That was, yeah, and major, watch. what was? What do you think of this? It, it, the, the whole relationship overall. It, it's my favorite relationship out of the entire movie. It, it really is, and and yeah, I was so overjoyed to actually get uh, these minutes. I think uh, I think Jamie is the person I would relate to most now, and and that's all saying watching this and going like, all right, there's a power dynamic here. There's a hierarchy, and uh, 
and to a certain extent, eh, you know, he's a, he, so he is by all accounts uh, uh, an employer. You know, an, an employer of Aurelia, and in how much should he be? I guess uh, uh, falling in love with her, and, and how does that work? But it, but that goes again back to that's just kind of how it works, and especially pre-internet times, you know, pre pre match dot com or or something like that. Yeah, and if you have a problem with that, then Daniel and Nat, not uh, not David and Natalie, are a big problem. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, and and those are things that do stand out to you. But at the same time, it's like no, you fell in love with the people you were around. And uh, and the people who surrounded you, either at work or or you know he's on holiday and and he's he sees this 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 woman, and kind of the thing is is that he sees her, but this is only after you know after uh, some event occurs, and, and that kind of shows that he's kind of wrapped up before that, and he's kind of wrapped up in himself, and he's not really thinking about her. But uh, in all honesty, I mean it's it's my favorite. It is absolutely my favorite relationship. Hmm. That's the number of people who've said that has genuinely surprised me because for me, it's been just, it's, it's one of my least favorite parts. I think it's quite cliche. It's quite like, it's all right. In another film, I'd watch it and I'd enjoy it. But to me, it's, it's one of the least strong ones. So the fact that we've had this a few times where people have said it's one of their favorite stories and it surprises me. What about you, Lara? I really like the story. I wouldn't say it's my, f- oh, I can't choose a favorite. I love it all so much, but it is like one of the ones that's up there because it is really cliche. I will give you that. It's what very percentage cliche. of your love for it equals Colin Firth? <laughs> okay, you read my mind. Shut up. But <laughs> <laughs> Colin Firth is sexy. Leave me alone. <laughs> can you really quantify um, that? Yeah, I don't think you can. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's really just Colin Firth, isn't it? He's he's gorgeous. Like since we're talking about a favorite storylines i guess are we going into that or yeah we can do so i'm i might be jumping ahead here but i've got to say right i've got sort of two favorites here there's david and daniel and then there's no daniel yeah or daniel and sam and daniel and sam and then yeah david and natalie they're my i think they're my two favorite okay yeah daniel and sam for me definitely i quite like harry and What's his wife's name? Emma Thompson? Karen. 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 So, um, to move on to this actual scene, um, when the phone starts ringing, there was originally a scene where he spoke to his ex-girlfriend on the phone, but in the end they cut that because it felt more like he was almost grieving his relationship and finding her as a rebound rather than actually falling in love with her. Um, ah. So I think that was a good cut. We we get we move on to I'm, I'm going to skim through this this whole thing fairly quickly, uh, but we've got the probably one of the more iconic moments once again of the film with Aurelia um, accidentally spilling all of the papers of <laughs> um, the, the book he's writing, which is it's a very once again it's it's cliche but it's fine. Like I, it's a thing that Richard does in this film, wherein he you've got the the run through airports, the 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 scenes like this and. It's just like, it's always felt to me, especially when doing the show, and Richard said this wasn't the case, that it's almost like he's sort of slightly spoofing the genre. He's made, Love actually seems, to me, what Scream is to horror films. Wow, okay. okay. No, I, I, I can see that. It, it, and and just, the, just the one thing is, is why take the entire half of the book down to the dock in the first place? 
That's a good point. It, it's it's just like because like, he didn't write all of that while he was there. Right, right. <laughs> it, 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 and I, I could understand like, okay, I wanna I wanna feel progress. So here's here's everything I've done so far, and that makes me feel like I'm getting somewhere. Yeah. Wait. No, I have an I have an answer to that because when authors are writing books and stuff, they might run want to refer back to chapters and stuff. And yeah, maybe you shouldn't have taken them outside. But, like, I get the laziness in that. Like, you don't want to get up, walk in, look for, like, one thing, can't find it, and go back, and then go, oh, wait, I know where it is. Get up, go back. But and he's also I not treating... In that. He's not treating them well, the papers. Like, he's going to get a coffee stain on that. And he's, he's put one of them under a rock. Yeah, like, A, the organisation is just awful. And mm. B, like, surely that's not the correct treatment of the papers. Like, put them in a in a folder or a binder or something. That would have saved them from blowing away. Mm-hmm. Well, Did she lift? And it would have helped with the plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did she lift a mug off of it? Was it a mug or a rock? She it's, said a mug. it's a mug. It was, it was a, a mug, mug. Okay. but there's a rock on the other papers. All right. Okay. How yeah, many papers do he have? Like, like that. Like I'm one for I'm one for leaving glasses and stuff on the side, but he's got a glass. He's got <laughs> two mugs and a cup and saucer. Yeah, yeah, and people can drink as much as they want. Luke. And in the scene before, you know, he has four mugs on the table, and this one he has at least three and a glass of water, um, which it makes sense. If Aurelia is coming and bringing him down drinks, you know, she's not grabbing his cup, going and making a fresh cup of of tea, and then bringing it back down. Yeah, but she's not the best maid if she's just leaving them all out. <laughs> I figured it was just she's to show how much time, time he spent there. Yeah, right, right. Right, the they, they were waiting for that swan to get in the right position for them to get the actual shot, and we're like, ah, it's going to take a couple more cups of uh, of tea here. Get some, get some Earl Grey. With her saving the papers, like I'm not quite sure whether that we're supposed to think that actually all of them were saved. I don't think so. Imagine trying to organize that. I was and them soaked. Yeah, they, they weren't saved, it's were just... they? Because she, he just said, uh... leave it in the end. Yeah, just, no, I think it is going too... back to the spoof thing that you're talking about, the whole, you know, getting undressed, then jumping in after them. So well, I think I that's me- the biggest, maybe one of the biggest, like, yeah. spoof kind of things that they might have been going on about. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I'd like to think yeah. that that's why they start laughing at the end. It's kind of like, yeah. oh, look at the futility of what we're trying to do here. Um, you know, I didn't even number the pages because what a <laughs> pain that is to do oh, on a typewriter. Yeah, I it would be. Um, so apparently they had a 45 minute meeting on the colour of her underwear and blue is, is what they settled on <laughs> alright well it was a, a, a well done 45 minutes in my opinion <laughs> and uh, you notice the tattoo on her back she's a musician that's the cover of one of her albums like she's just promoting her album <laughs> with her tattoo <laughs> oh right <laughs> that's fantastic uh, I, I think, and look, I don't wear a lot of, I, I live in the desert, okay? I, I don't wear a lot of turtlenecks, but uh, do you wear a collared t-shirt and an undershirt underneath a turtleneck? Is that how, how I'm supposed to be wearing that? Well, you can. Like, it's obviously, you're going to be bloody warm, <laughs> but, like, you can. Well, it's like, like, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, but... Aurelia's really in a sweater, a light dress, and half a camisole, you know? It does... It to does fair, seem it odd that really he hasn't windy. buttoned up the the shirt underneath at all, though, because that just gets so sort of like almost like tangled and whatnot that you'd think you'd do a couple of buttons up to just keep it in place. Um, but but then I guess if he was 
But I guess, mind if we don't see it as he put them all on in one go and more that he was wearing the the t-shirt and the shirt and then thought, oh, I'll bung a jumper over the top, then I guess it's it's fine. You know, if I could just uh, go back before they when they're back in the in the uh yeah. the house the the one thing that was added that i feel uh was just so realistic is they avoid touching each other you know when they're searching yes. for the cell phone that's ringing they avoid touching each other and if you ever want to know how somebody feels about another person pay attention to how much they'll avoid touching mm. them because it's a dead giveaway. If they are attracted to them, they will not touch. As if, as if skin on skin is going to communicate something, and it's just a, just a brilliant, realistic like uh, uh, detail to add in there. Like, oh, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, nope, nope, we're not touching. We're not touching. And it's, it's absolutely one of my favorite things about that. So clearly, with this pandemic, everyone's in love with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> That's great, that is. <laughs> but seriously, oh to, to all the listeners, uh, stay safe, stay masked. Um, I don't know what's the. I can't remember what Boris's campaign was. This is going to be released in. This is American distrib- distribution oh, Boris, anyway through Robert, Boris. so I've no idea what what campaigns you've got. Just everyone, stay safe and yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> um, Aurelia Barros was actually the name of a friend of Emma Freud and Richard Curtis. And apparently Emma was kind of worried that they'd think that Richard was secretly in love with her because he named a character after her. Sure. Um, I don't know. We should get in touch with the real Aurelia Barros and find out. Guest in the show. <laughs> Look at the car the code UK. So I like when we, when we see them in the car towards the end of this scene with them. Yeah. The, as opposed to when they first met, they're actually comfortable in the silence with each other. Yeah, I guess are you talking about like when they stopped talking and all that. Yeah, like they just sat in the car together in silence. And when they first met, they were he was trying to fill the silence because of like the the un- discomfort. But I think it takes a lot to be comfortable in silence with someone. You have to be pretty close to someone to not feel awkward in just silence. Oh, I guess by the second point though they spent time together haven't they yeah so they're sort of more comfortable and they're getting to know each other because there's that language barrier isn't it which i which is what i like about it like there's that barrier between them yet they still yeah i i I, love, don't they? I do like the the language barrier because it it kind of frees them up you know they're they're talking to to fill that silence and they're able to be completely honest Knowing that the other person can understand them, and it's like, yeah, I, I have no fear of of you know judgment or or rejection. I can just tell you what I'm thinking, and you don't understand me at all. And and it's funny because Portuguese uh, or Portuguese being a romance language, I would imagine I could understand some of it, but I do not understand like 99 percent of what she's saying. When I was watching it without the the subtitles, you know, I'm I'm. I'm Mexican. I, I should understand Spanish in some way, and it's related in, in the, it being a romance language, but nope, nope, nothing except for her saying the water is cold. I'm like, oh, okay, I, I, I understood her there. <laughs> the the only bit that, that got, which was mostly due to the hand gestures, honestly, which is when she's do, we got that sequence, which I forgot to men- talk about, when he, she's trying to guess what the book is about. Right. You know, a lot of the words for the genres are the same. That she was saying like cream and romance and 
<laughs> you know, they were still the say the, the English words, right, but right. I assume also Portuguese, um, which was quite sweet. I liked it. I think it's probably good time-wise to move on to Mark and Juliet's story, unless you've just got any concluding thoughts on this um, whole sequence of Jamie and Aurelia, because we do come back to them in the end. You remember, um, I think it was about time, I made a, yeah. I made a comment about falling in love and how unrealistic it is, right? You remember when yes. I made that comment? Well, I've had time to think, think so. about that. And while watching this film, I made the same comment. But then I thought again, the whole film is about love being unpredictable, which is the yeah. com- which is the reply that you, you remember when um was it when I said that in the about time podcast and um, it was like yeah love is he he admit uh it had been mentioned that love was unpre- yes. unpredictable but watching that film I can actually see that yes yeah, some bits were a bit you know out of nowhere or unrealistic yeah it, well it's it's but as like, if to say whole you know what I'm saying I. Not great yeah. with words here, but <laughs> well, it, yeah, no, I, I was going to say yeah. it, it could have been titled "Love Is Inconvenient" instead of "Love Actually," because <laughs> every story here is like, "Wow, this is inconvenient for me to uh, to be falling in love with you." You, you know, mostly with the prime minister. But here's here's the one thing I wanted to conclude on with with Jamie and Aurelia: Is it Jamie's tradition? to bring his girlfriend to the French countryside where there's a housekeeper so the house isn't empty and then completely ignore her while he has a working holiday. Right. Yeah, it's it's weird. I hadn't really thought about it, but yeah, it is weird that he... I don't know. Yeah, it's strange because, I mean, I guess it's nicer than leaving her at home while he goes off on this holiday, but also it's just strange either way. Does she have friends do they they didn't have a kid no like (laughs) it does seem a bit yeah a bit strange because we assume he normally he normally does it to go writing or maybe it was a holiday that they had booked and he just decided to use it to write yeah that that, that's fair that's fair yeah it's it is is strange so we move on to mark and juliet yes and i just love this this whole sequence we're gonna get onto it and i think it's just it's just brilliant um Right, so I was when I actually watched it, because I watched it earlier today, again, I just kept thinking, I relate so much, because, like, it's creepy. Like, it is really creepy how he just focused on her a lot. But I really get it. Like, if that's the person you like, you're going to want to pay attention to them as much as you can. So that I totally understand. That probably makes me sound like a creep now, no. but I totally get it. No, I get it. And once again, it's the casting of Andrew Lincoln. It's the idea that actually, if you cast a lot of different people, it would be quite creepy and weird. And actually, it's quite funny. Um, on his uh, on his VHS shelf, the one that's facing the camera is Rear Window. <laughs> 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 Which I don't think I've ever actually watched all the way through, but that is about watching someone without their noticing pretty much uh, look so, <laughs> look if, if it was <laughs> if it was anyone less than andrew lincoln this would be super creepy but we're gonna give him a pass because of those dreamy eyes that fantastic hair and, and that strange sweater kira knightley in the in the opening moment we see her uh well for the whole scene with the hat yes um any comments on the hat because i do have a, a fact about why the hat but i was wondering whether it's, it's it stood out to you at all. Hold on a second, let me just get 
Oh, it it stood out to me because it's oversized. You, you know, she's a she's a a very tiny person, and the hat just uh, it, it's about two sizes, not two sizes too big for her head. It just it gives her a bigger presence, so it it screams out on screen to me like this 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 doesn't belong here. Okay, so when filming Love Actually, Kira Knightley was eighteen, right? So she actually turned up to filming and had a massive spot on her forehead. That's why the hat's here. Let's cover the spot. Yeah. That that's that's, that's a good game time decision, right? And I think it does weirdly make the scene here quite memorable. Like the hat is just a thing I always remember about Kira Knightley and Love Actually. It's like, oh yeah, there's the scene where she wears the hat. It's <laughs> great. Did they just pull like a random hat out of props and costume? Or did they Probably. actually or did they have to spend forty five minutes talking about it? <laughs> <laughs> the color of the hat, yeah. <laughs> well, we see it more than Aurelia's underwear, I believe. It's just so different. About to oh, it's on screen for longer, isn't it? Yeah. It, it it's just so weird because you know when when they introduce her when they when they do the 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 focus pool on her she's just so angelic at at the wedding, and then they hide half of her behind this enormous hat. But okay, that makes sense now that now that I know she she had a huge spot on her head, right? So apparently this whole sequence where they're watching the video is inspired by the end of Cinema Paradiso. Sure. Or Paradiso. Yeah. I've never seen it, but uh, Rishika has explained that it's the reel of all the cut kisses from the film. And yeah, that's what inspired it. So I guess I'll have to go about watching that film at some point. Wow, that's great. Okay, so um, it, I'm American, right? Can you guys talk to me about uh, Banoffee Pie? <laughs> <laughs> Banoffee Pie? Isn't that like... I don't really know what it is. Is it like a coffee one or something? Is it coffee? Well, like a, it just sounds like, like coffee. Caramel, I have no bananas? idea what it is. It's um, bananas, cream, and toffee. Well, it sounds delightful. Oh, banoffee pie. Yeah, I've been, to be quite honest, I feel like I have no idea what that is. A th- yeah, banoffee's a thing which I hear people talk about, and I've never questioned it. But yeah. I'm now looking at pictures of banoffee pie, and I want some. Yeah, it looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. But now, now, having said that, banoffee pie uh, is a 10. Munchies is like a two. I'm just not a yeah. fan. Give me a flake. Give me a crunchy. Give me a violet crumble if you can't get a crunchy. But uh, munchies? Yeah, I mean, I don't mind munchies. It's nice that she brings food. But yeah, you're right. There is there is a big difference between <laughs> some fresh banoffee pie and munchies. Yeah. I mean, flake might be too suggestive, you know, just based off of the uh, the commercials. But uh, crunchy. Who doesn't love a crunchy? Mm. That's true. I love Good a crunchy point. bar when it's been in the fridge for a while. Oh, yeah. Like so, when it gets just that, that again, sort sorry. of level of crunchy bar when it's been in the fridge for a while, when it's oh, got yeah. kind of properly solid. Oh, I want crunchy now. <laughs> 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 um, I'm not one of them in ages. So it's been a while. One of my notes is that when she finds the um, the tape, it's called Peter and Juliet's wedding. He put Peter's name first, which makes me think he's still in denial for how he feels about her. Yeah, it's yeah, it must be like, or just to cover up the fact that if he just put Julie, it would have looked weirder. Then it well, yeah, if he is. just said Julie Juliet's wedding, it would seem a bit odd. Well, but the it, fact it, that it's not Juliet and it's, Peter's wedding, it's, it's or... a bit odd anyway. But just not to add on to that oddness. Do you know what I mean? Like, because the whole scene, it's... I, I think you mentioned it earlier, it's very, like, awkward. 
but the fact it's Andrew Lincoln, we sort of just forget about that. And <laughs> we sort of we let it slide. Can you get a case for that VHS? <laughs> Don't just leave it out on the shelf without oh. a box. Well, okay, so he had to do what? some transition, right? Because it's it's a mini DV camera camcorder that he's recording with. Then he's got to throw it on VHS so he can actually watch and, and edit it. Although he probably shouldn't edit after doing a transfer. But but yes, you're you're completely right. Like if you were sitting there thinking, what should I title this? You just because of how you feel, you're going to instantly go like, all right, Peter's name first, Peter's name first, and then Juliet. Because well, it's the same as you said about the the touching thing. It's the same deal, really. It's the it's it's the kind of go completely the opposite way, which is what he does here with with the fact that she says later on, we never we never talk. Right. It's like he's gone so far on the other end of not even wanting to be anything close to close. Well, because he, you know, uh, uh, earlier in the film, uh, Laura Linney's uh, character is asking him, do, do you love him? And he says no, but I think the reality is he does, not in a romantic way, obviously, but he he loves his friend. And that's why he's trying to protect himself. He's trying to protect Peter and he's trying to protect Juliet. And the fact that, and this is later in the film, but the fact that that uh, Juliet comes and gives him the speech that she gives him, you know, I know we haven't been the greatest of friends, and, and but I'm hoping that can change. It yeah, shows pretty much now. just how much she loves Peter. So so in later on, when when people have that question of like, well, wait a second, why did why did she kiss him or, or something like that? Like, is she into Andrew Lincoln's character? It's like. No, she is she is all in on Peter, and she is trying yeah, to make this work. Even Hugh Grant commented on the commentary. He said, "What does she actually think?" To like Hugh Grant apparently thought that she just wanted both of them. <laughs> so even Hugh Grant and the commentary misread the film. Yeah, but no, I you can definitely see that she loves Peter. I wish we got a little bit more of Peter, but it might have made it harder for us to relate to Mark. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. While. While Juliet's giving him his speech, Andrew Lincoln is giving the best jaw acting I've ever seen. He is chomping <laughs> down and displaying anguish at like just the right times. It's it's really something to see. No, yeah, I did, I noticed that as well, and I noticed that like if there was an Oscar for jaw acting, <laughs> I mean Andrew Lincoln would have it down every year. He would have won that, even if he didn't release a film that year. He wasn't even like nominated for it, and he won. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch rewatch Walking Dead just to see his jaw acting. <laughs> and I'm just gonna move on to the so she finds the video, they watch it. Kira Knightley's performance of watching it is just amazing. Yeah, yeah, you you can read everything you need to read into it, and 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 it's not in. I don't even think it's open to interpretation. I think she plays it perfectly. Yeah, because at first she finds it nice, then she's she and also she when she realizes it, she's still complimented by it. Yeah. It's not that she's like offended by it. She knows it's awkward, she knows it's bad, but she also finds it quite sweet as well. Yeah. I think. Like, yeah, it, you know it, after they've watched it, she says something like along the lines, but you hate me or something. Is that what she says? Yeah. Was that like something like that? A statement or a question? Let me find like, do you know what I mean? Like, she's, she's like, yeah. but you, like, was she asking? I don't know where I'm going with I think, it. I knew, I knew where I was no, going I with this, mean, but my mind. It was, um, she says, a stroke. she said, um, but you never talk to me. You always talk to yeah. Peter. You don't like me. 
Yeah, like that. What? Well, because like, that was the whole purpose him, like, of her showing up. Why did right? you do that? You don't like me or something. Do you know what I mean? Where I'm going with this? I don't know where I'm going with it. Not the best day to do a podcast. <laughs> so the scene we get here. Of okay, the sorry. Can video, I? That was. Yeah. I think I think I know where I was going with that question. You know, with the whole dialogue thing about the like. I thought Is she asking a question, right? Yeah, she says. Yeah. She said, "But you don't like me." Does is is she, does she think that he still doesn't like her? Or is she confused why he'd done it. Do you know what I mean? Is she confused like you don't like me. Why did you do this? Is she taking that video as a compliment or is she taking it as like a? I think she's I mean? taking it as a compliment, but she's trying to find a way out. She's trying to have him explain it in a better way. Yeah. You know, like maybe she she does that and she's expecting him to say, "Oh, well, my video of Peter's over there." Yeah. You know, she's she, she's pretty sure about it, but she wants to search every other possibility first before she goes to he's in love with you, which is fair point. When he's actually at the wedding with the with the camera, it just reminds me of American Beauty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good point. Well, I you know what, one thing that was funny is because I said, you know, if this was anybody less than Andrew Lincoln, it would be creepy. What if this was a uh, Let's say Rowan Atkinson, right? Yeah. And she's watching. Might have been, been taken more of a comedic way, maybe, if it was Rowan Atkinson. I don't know, because yeah. she's got that whole comedic vibe. You know, like actors, they have their. A lot of actors, they have their stuff genre. So, Tom yeah. Cruise action. I don't know. You, do you know what I mean? So, I'm wondering if it yeah. would have had a different tone, like a completely different tone if it was. Yeah, that that's hmm. fair. That's fair, yeah. Um, so this tape was shot by a guy called Jonathan, who was just around during filming, and Richard just asked him to get beauty shots of Kira, which, let's be frankly honest, is not difficult. Oh, come on. <laughs> Easiest uh, 500 bucks he ever made, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so have we got anything more to say other than just how great Kira's performance is here? Uh, n- no, really. no. We, we, we can move on to Dido. Just something about the whole film. I kind of mentioned it earlier about, like, love being uh, unpredictable but then this whole film sort of it it's comes in like all different I'm going to say shapes and sizes although it's not shapes and sizes but do you know what I mean like it comes in different forms yeah so like no I like it Bill uh, Billy Mac and I forgot his Joe Joe like there's the whole friendship love there's marriage there's yeah there's father and son there's love father, son, yeah. like he, he he goes a little further in about time best friend's with, girlfriend with and... the different types of love but he does hit yeah have you seen about time major yeah, yes yes it, only because i was listening to your podcast and i was like all right it's time for me to start watching this because this oh well thanks for listening to the yeah show. i was like this sounds amazing and, and i was reluctant before because i was like ah this looks heavy this looks like a, a bummer of a movie but uh no it turns out to be it's well, I'm really glad not. we can introduce people to it, and and thank, thanks for listening. Where where are you up to in the show, by the way? Uh, let me see. Where? Well, actually, I was uh, just listening to when Reese was on. Huh. Uh, which was unfortunately. Little... <laughs> I like Reese because it was your first like podcast experience. I think over your three episodes, you can see sort of your development in podcast confidence. Yeah, I guess. And then and a... when we have you when we have you back later on for the towards the end of the show, like for the specials, it's so different. In what like, in what way? In the sense that you're a lot more like confident and talking and joking than before. All oh, right, yeah. 
which sort of yeah. gone downhill in this one where I've been just sitting messing around with a roll of tape again. <laughs> just listening to Oh, it's fine. I'm 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 big fidgety yeah. as well today. It, so it been, takes um, a while to get used tro- to just joking into a microphone or, or you know, talking into a microphone. Yeah. 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 I I always it's laugh good. because you you know, we before we start the podcast, we, my my co-host and I talk about it for about a half an hour beforehand. And then we go into it and our voices change <laughs> completely. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, 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 f*** that guy, whatever, whatever. Anyway, hello and welcome to Reflex Point. You know, it, it, it turns into, like, broadcast <laughs> I voice. I think my voice is different, but I'm not quite sure. I, it's not. It's not. I I do no, kind it's... of listen for that. Um, no, you're you're very natural. And, you know, especially uh, on your intros and on uh, Two Minutes About Time, it's such a smooth way to go in. But yeah, you know, also really well. Yeah, absolutely. But nice. but keep in mind that's that's because you know I'm I'm always impressed by uh, an English accent. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, it's the number. It's like it's, a, it's like a instant advantage on American net on, on American hundred percent, hundred percent. Which is annoying. I've said this before, I think, and uh, is that I lost one of my other charms of movie by minutes by doing this show, which was being the youngest Movie by Minute podcast host. <laughs> Lara is three days younger than me. Ooh, so you've just missed out there. Yeah. You've just missed out. And I only realised I was the youngest when I started this. Like, I, I, I checked in the group chat, like, about a month before I started the show, just to ask. And it was like, yes, turns out I am. So, I think i did one or two guest spots deliberately where i said introduce myself as the youngest host just while i still could (laughs) Um, before there's a line that andrew lincoln says in this scene where he says it's a self-preservation thing you see right what on earth does that mean well i had i'm a bit like slow these past couple days or years um (laughs) and i had to like sort of self-preservation it's like um survival instinct or something isn't it yeah but like, i just don't get what on earth he's trying to he, he's, so he, say so the full sentence, his, his is he talking his, about lunch i think he's talking about leaving he's leaving for like a like when he leaves he says it's like a the self preservation yeah so the full the full line is hope it's useful don't show it around too much it needs a bit of editing look i've got to get a lunch early lunch you can show yourself out can't you it's a self preservation thing you see you see i yeah, maybe he's just, just talking about leaving he's trying to save himself i read it as you know? him trying to explain their relationship about why he never talks to her um and why he only talks to peter and why he doesn't seem to like her just just saying look you get it now based off of off of the video um you know i'm in love with you but i just can't have any kind of one-on-one talk with you it, it it just doesn't work it's a self-preservation thing i'm i'm trying yeah. to be a good mate you know that does make sense i think that makes more sense than is leaving for self-preservation that does make more yeah, sense no, that, the whole, that does that does make talk sense because yeah no that does yeah i like how he yeah. pretends that there's nothing wrong I think just the fact that he does the whole hope it's useful, don't show it around too much, needs a bit of editing. <laughs> I, I like that. The fact that he's just trying to pretend. Part of him saying maybe she didn't actually notice. Well, you have to <laughs> you, you have to think her knowing and, and him knowing that she knows destroys his reality. 
right? Like he he has to acclimate to this new reality where she knows everything that's going on and she may go and tell Peter and that may ruin that relationship. You know, there there's consequences to this whole thing. It's what he's been trying to avoid and I I know he's had thought upon thought about how this was going to play out. You know, whether they broke up and, and he was a shoulder to cry on or he eventually said to Peter, hey, look, I know things didn't work out with you. Do you mind if I take a pass at it? You know, this this certainly wasn't this this unexpected arrival certainly wasn't how he was expecting it to to come out. But he he has to take some time to, to think about it. And I think that's why he eventually leaves. Do you think that because she didn't tell going character names i keep forgetting the names peter do you think uh is that the husband yes peter yeah do you think like she didn't tell peter because she thinks there's something there as well or do you think it's more to save her relationship maybe she doesn't want to ruin that peter's friendship yeah I, i think she loves him so much she wants to protect him or maybe she did tell him we just don't we know. don't know ah uh, that's, that's like we fair. assume not but there's no reason to actually believe that she didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that might have happened off screen. If if so, Mark doesn't know that Peter knows. knows. Right. Yeah. But there's no reason that he doesn't. Because it does seem kind of weird with their relationship. And maybe that's almost a way of leaving the viewers on edge. The idea that if she didn't tell Mark, maybe there is something there and maybe she'll get... If she didn't tell Peter, maybe she will get with Mark. And there's that little... Bit well, of maybe not like us, which is, yeah. get with him, just knowing that she does have some sort of feelings, some sort of feelings for him. That's a word. Yeah, that makes sense. Like you know, yeah, yeah. I think that's well, that's what we're kind of saying anyway. But like, just knowing that she has some sort of relationship or feelings about him. I'm just repeating myself now. I don't know. But, yeah, I, 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 I don't really know I, what else to say. I'm, I think that I think the feeling she would have for for him for for Mark would be empathy. You know, it, it it's not going. And I think, yeah, I I think it's empathy. I, I think she just feels how closely she is, or how close he is to uh, Peter, and uh, and she doesn't want to make this all work. And she's very young. She probably respects the fact that he isn't trying to break up their marriage. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Because at this point, he isn't. You know, she's seeing that, and she's like, oh, you like me, but also she sees that he loves Peter, doesn't want to ruin that there. He didn't tell her, and she she probably doesn't see it as a weird, creepy thing. She probably sees it as quite a sort of sweet little crush. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's not being, like, forceful with it. He just wanted to let her know how he feels, I guess. Is, but you would you know... think, wouldn't you, with 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 Mark, with the video, because he's even almost trying to hide from himself that he likes Juliet. Why didn't he film Peter a bit more at the wedding? <laughs> Maybe because you think well, he would, uh, right? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I came about by not uh, or by uh, on this rewatch. I initially thought that they had had him as the videographer, but he's not. Yeah, I did at first. Yeah, yeah but he's not. They, they had a whole. They hired someone else. He's just showing up, you know, again, in that West Benton kind of like uh, American Beauty kind of style. Like, I got to remember this. Um, he's just showing up with his own camera. 
But then I'm guessing they would have thought that he was filming it for his friend, you know? Well, I, uh, I really thought, like... That he was going to get a bit more... If he was, like, a film guy, if they'd ordered a professional videographer, but he was a guy who, you know, makes a lot of videos anyway. Because there are the types of people who carry a camera around a lot. Yeah. Like, my granddad's like that. He'll Any, any big thing or anything he goes to, he'll bring the camera. And I, I used to for a while. I used to carry a camera around just to get random B-roll. I mean, technically... Like, I just take it and it's like, oh, if, if I see something nice that I could insert into a film, then I'll take my camera just in case, you know. Well, technically, everyone's carrying a camera now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Fair That's enough. true. If he was doing yeah. it on his... If he was taking a couple of photos or videos on his phone now, no one would question it. Yeah. It's time, how time, time changes. So let's go into Dido. Yes, Dido. Um, <laughs> so, um, so what do you think of Andrew Lincoln's walk at the end when he keeps turning back? That's adorable, and I'm not going to lie, I've done that before. <laughs> yeah, I liked it because I feel like it's almost what your mind is doing. Like, you're probably not so physically circling as he is. Oh, no, I have. I, I have done that. <laughs> okay. At least I've I'm yeah. probably physically pivot. deciding what to do. Like, not yeah, well, like when your mind's like, oh, on my, should I, I go back? No, no I never shouldn't. Mind. So you yeah, probably, you probably feel like you're doing that, or you think you're doing that, but I'd imagine a lot more is in your head. It's why I quite like how he just projects that. Dido's No Angel was is my go-to sad music. <laughs> this entire album is amazing. It came out about the time I, I graduated high school. I'm not that familiar <laughs> with Dido, to be honest. No, it, that, that makes sense. Most people weren't until uh, Eminem did "Thank You" or "Stan," but she's she's quite brilliant. It's it's a, it's a love. It's a it's a nice sequence, a nice piece of music here. Apparently, Dido had sent them like her latest album, and they just wanted to pick a track at this point. And I think they said they ended up not picking one from that album, and it was from a different one. I don't know. I'm not that familiar with when what came out when. My only note for this sequence is just to love this. That his acting is just incredible here and it does work great with the music richard did comment on the commentary about how often you he writes or plans a piece of music for a film and it doesn't end up working or doesn't end up coming in so for example he really wanted gold in them hills for love actually which is in about time ron sexsmith's amazing gold in them hills shout out to ron sexsmith who's a lovely guy um <laughs> ron sexsmith's amazing gold in them hills he wanted in love actually and he couldn't put it in there and then 10 years later he goes and puts it in about time there was also another one of Ron's songs called Wasting Time that he had written, uh, that he had wanted, was listening to when working on Love Actually, not Love Actually, but on Notting Hill, and I planned to put that in Notting Hill, and it ended up not fitting. So it's quite interesting how much music is like considered when writing that ends up not making the final cut. Well, I would love to know what the music budget was for this movie. Well, there's another bit. There's there's a bit of visual clearance we've got to talk about later on in this episode as well. <laughs> Sure, but sure. no, it's incredible. So, so okay, so so Mark's walking away, right? And it, and he does a back and forth thing, but he's initially upset and he does that frustrated like scream, and completely understandable. He's been found out, right? And there's going to be consequences. He doesn't know what they're going to be, but then he does that walk along the the concrete where we where we see him from the back, and he does that that hand reaching out to feel the concrete, and it's almost. It's almost as if he has a bit of relief. Like, all right, the thing I've been wanting to say has been said, or or the thing I've wanted to be out there is, is out there, and whatever happens happens. 
but at least I don't have to carry around this this big facade or this secret anymore. It, it's just this, and, and and it all happens while this song uh, by Dido is is playing. And again, it, you know, I talked about it before. It's that new reality that he's going to have to go. I imagine he's just going to go have, you know, a, a cup of tea and some biscuits, and and kind of kind of release all that stress he's had for however long Juliet and Peter have been together. Yeah. I, I, it's just the whole performance. The whole thing is just beautiful. It's like, it's one bit from love actually that tends to make me tear up most times. And I think we maybe needed this in order to relate to Mark and like him enough when we get the cards a bit later on. So I do agree with you by the fact that he's managed to get something off his chest and he's not off his shoulders. So he's, he's so he, English, Reese. here we go. <laughs> yeah, I, I do agree <laughs> with you with, like, he's managed to get it off his shoulders. He can now sort of relax a bit more and not have to worry about keeping this massive secret. Although he does have to deal with what they might think. He's still kind of relieved. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up about something here that's possibly going to make me sound really weird. Every now and again, when I'm out on a walk, I practice my emotional walking montage acting, and I don't know why. It's just every now and again, I kind of just <laughs> just practice to it. If there's no one there, um, it's just weird because, like, I don't really do it. As I like school productions, I was in and like amateur theatre. I don't really do a ton of acting, but it's the thing that's always interested me. I want at some point in a film I'm doing to have like a, a supporting role. Um, so yeah. Have you ever been caught? Don't think so. Doing your, um, you don't think so. But I'm also you're got, you're okay. on the I'm also one of those very sort of loud sing along to a, what I'm listening to while on a walk. People as well, when there's no mm. one else there. But there's always that moment when you're singing and someone comes around the corner, and like you know, <laughs> you, you stop when they come past, but you know they've heard you up to that point. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Often I slide the song into humming and then stop. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, All right, just so... humming loudly. <laughs> Cover up. Like, you didn't since, hear anything. We're, since we're in confession corner it. here, <laughs> every time I get into my car, I look back because I imagine someone's taking one of those spy shots. <laughs> You know, like yes. like I'm gonna end up in a dossier in some in some way, and I, and I do that like that look around my shoulder, and then I get into the car, or when I open a door, same thing. You know, the front door, <laughs> I, I do the the around the shoulder thing, and and my dream is that one day I get a package in the mail, <laughs> and it's a black and white shot of me looking around, looking over my shoulder, like who's watching me, and and somebody from. A hundred yards away, took it with a with a you know some kind of lens that 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 could bring in. I love. Um, so I don't think it's I don't think it's that weird, Luke. I don't think it's that weird. That's good. No, that that's great. I can just imagine you like opening the door, turning around, and then slowly walking in. So absolutely. Like, wait. So like, confession corner actually yeah, is great. today's episode title. Um. <laughs> I don't think I have any confessions. I might think of one. We get this little bit with the yeah. Prime Minister uh, talking to Annie about Natalie and how he wants her to be redistributed. And right. I don't know what to think about this. I, I don't I don't love it. 
I don't, I don't love it. I don't like it. And, 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 uh, Reese, are you okay? Yeah, it's all right. I just knocked something over. Okay. Okay. Um, I was going to go with, I was going to go with some swear in there when Billy <laughs> messes up his lines, but I was like, sure. I better not. I'm just going to, oh, f- was it? Oh, f- bugger shitting ass head That's and hole. exactly it. There you That's go. There you go. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I'm proud of myself there. I've been practicing. <laughs> That's my confession. Before I go to bed, <laughs> if there's a line I like in a film, I'll go over it in my head. I'll be like, okay, I like that. And when we were, when we were reading that dialogue that line. in episode one, like the bleeping was just both painful but really satisfying at the end. <laughs> how, many, how many times did you have to mess around with like bleeping? No. I'm not sure. I like I like I like bleeping to be honest. It's a weird thing I actually quite enjoy. I like just any episode with Billy in it. Mm. He always has some something to say. It's a shame we haven't got much Billy rem- this week or well, this episode. We had a hint of him in the background <laughs> on the TV. Yeah. But no, I like I like yeah. Billy. I have more of an issue of a boss saying, "Look, I just cannot keep my hands off of this lady. Yes. It's just, it's getting in the way and we need to reassign her. And and does reassigned really mean that we're going to fire her or that she's going to get moved over to another part of the, of the house? I, I, th- I don't think it's as much as he, obviously it's partly because of like, he likes, he likes her. And in a way, I think that he's, sees her as somewhat of a distraction but has that has the you know the usa u.s president been yes yeah and had that whole happened thing so i think that might also be maybe part of it not because of like her but more because of yeah well the president thing if it was if it was instantly after the president thing that would actually make sense yeah, yeah, and I just don't like that he is in this stance of like I'm being moral by sending her away. I think it was I think it was the right thing to do. Obviously, it was the hardest thing to do, but it was definitely the right thing because like he's the bloody prime minister, he needs to get his stuff together, and like he can't get too distracted. So I think it was definitely like the right thing to do. Yeah, I think whatever he did would have been bad either way. Like there, there was there is no way out of this situation really, because her working under him does give them that dangerous power dynamic. So for him to fire her is preventing that from happening, which is kind of good. But then he's also kind of suggesting that she's only there for him, uh, which I guess in her job she kind of is. But suggesting that she's uh, that his um, self control is more important than her job. It's I don't know. Hey, you should be able to control yourself, buddy. I think that's why it's important that he said to redistribute her rather than just to fire her. So we assume that she at least got an- another good job out. Yeah. Of her. And 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 you know, back to the to the president, to the U.S. president, when when they do talk, you know, she she's apologizing because she doesn't understand. Yeah. And that's uh, yeah, that's it's... so sad, you know, that she's like, I'm I'm so sorry about that, and he's like, uh, it's really my own thing. It's. But I was I, I was a stand up guy. I was super moral by sending you away and and you know, she's okay, well hold on, let's let's answer the question. Is she fired or is she just moved 
to I a say actually location. moved. I say maybe not even within Downing yeah. Street. I think I think she was given true. a good Reece... job, but somewhere else in Parliament. Yeah, doesn't that what? Doesn't that? Isn't that what reassign? Yeah, well, I think it's re- re- redistribute is what he said. Oh, redistribute is that not what? Yeah, that's that's what that I took. And what did I say? Yeah, me too. Me too. But I, but I was also wondering, like, I don't know, is that like saying, "Hey, go take care of this guy," you know, like like a mobster would say, like, "Go take care of him," or uh, oh. you know, something like that. Yeah, obviously, she's not going to be yeah. killed, but is it like, yeah, let's go ahead and let her go, and uh, nobody will be the wiser. So yeah, okay. If she still has a job, I'm okay. I, I I'm more okay with that. It's just it, it's more of a I guess a, a privilege, you know what I mean? I'm prime minister. I cannot keep my hands off of you or cannot keep my thoughts away from you. And I don't like what happened with the president. So uh, I'm going to feel like I'm protecting you. Yeah, it's almost like he let her go because he liked her. But in the short, well, in the long run, he's kind of also ruined her life. Well, not ruined her life, but ruined her life in the short term, actually, because like she needed that job. She's like she's she lives on the rough end of wherever. So, I, I was expecting a lot more of a fallout from that. It's sort yeah. of just like she lost her job, and then like, but like she kind of lost her job, and then a couple of scenes after, you know, they're talking again. You know, usually in yeah, films like I, that, there's I kind quite... of a fallout from it, and they have a fo- a fallout. I would have quite liked him talking to Natalie and maybe actually telling her that, saying yeah, like it's. Like not not asking her out or anything, but literally just explaining that that's why, and saying he doesn't think it's comfortable. It's not really fair for him to to use his abuse his position of power because then the audience would also know that he knows that it's a position of power that's dangerous. Yeah, see, it's another one of them. It's morally wrong, like, but it's sweet. Do you know what I mean? Like the whole Mark and yeah, but I, uh, I, it it makes sense. I keep forgetting the character names. He's, Lincoln. He's. And... He's Nightly. trying, he has to abuse his position of power in order to not be abusing his position of power. Like, yeah. he's her boss. Yeah, so he, basically. It would almost be sweeter if he stood down. I know that would be weird and, like, too much. But if he stood down from being prime minister for her. Mm, I think but then that could also be abuse. Maybe over the top. Yeah, and, and if she wasn't so right. keen on him, that would f- seem abusive in him putting that pressure on her. But essentially, you understand that he's trying to not be her boss anymore as well, because he knows that that would be an abuse of power. But I don't know. Yeah, it's... yeah. That's why. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's that. There's the morals. When he it. first it's... sees her, he says something like... like, "How inconvenient!" And it's true. It really is. It's inconvenient. There is no easy get out of jail free card for this. So, on <laughs> the lighter side of love, Daniel and Sam, what do we think? <laughs> I, I like it. It's, it's as I said before. It's one of my favorite like storylines, like the character storylines, like the whole father son relationship. Well, here's the thing I love about it, and and, and as a father, I, I, I here's the thing that I think parents can learn from. Daniel never nullifies Sam's feelings. No, you know he starts to. He he says like, "Well, aren't you only eleven? Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, he doesn't look eleven. My gosh. But no, and the actor's thirteen. Weird view. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's seven. Yeah. To be honest, Thomas Sangster um, still looks pretty young. Yeah, is, is yeah is fair it, enough. I fair mean, enough. Yeah. I remember watching. Uh, it was on the talk show, and he was talking about how he's always looked younger. 
and how people come up to him and think like it's fifteen or something, but isn't he actually like twenty five? He's 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 like thirty moment? now, but like is he thirty? Okay. But like I mean, I haven't seen Maze Runner, but I've seen clips from it, and he still looks really young in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that makes me feel old. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, um, you know, did I finish my sentence before today about the? I don't know if I did because I looked at my phone and something popped up. But I was talking about the father son relationship, how they start off apart and then they slowly yeah. start to draw closer and use that. They use love as a way of anchoring their relationship, like trying to get right. Sam with what? what's the girl's name? Uh, Joanna. Crush, the one he, Joanna. And how they use that to grow, grow their relationship. And like, well, it, it's... I guess the. A main visual part is the them watching Titanic, and that we actually see the, the father-son relationship start to form a lot clearer there. Well, that's one of the the Does great things sense? because you know uh, because of the backstory we have for Daniel. Daniel knows the value of love, right? Because it's been taken from him, and and that's the only way to truly appreciate the value. Um, and and he's looking at it and he does realize that it's it's both joyful and sorrowful and and you know this this kid is feeling the exact same things cuz if you think of yourself when you're 11 you feel like a fully formed human being and i think that's the big mistake that that parents make is they think of their children as children and not as people you know children are people and and they deserve every respect and every right that a a you know a forty year old person deserves. Yeah, you know it, I like how I mean, he treats to his a large son extent, like an adult. But... Like even in just his um, yes. like he swears in front of him earlier on, just casually. There's no apologizing right. for it or anything, which admittedly yeah. isn't the relationship I have with my parents because we're not really sweary types. But I think it's the same sort of idea of just treating you like an adult, not being patronizing anything like that not saying oh don't repeat that but actually because essentially through losing his mother he has become an adult way earlier than he should have to right right yeah. and and, so and he doesn't try how... to oh, go ahead i'm saying it's great how they like sort of treat they treat each other as equals don't they like as you said with the swearing well, because he's that. a stepdad and as well if you notice so it's like he's not even right. like birth father biologically. biologically yeah it's like yeah. he's just got a <laughs> friend who's got no no strings attached per se. Obviously, he has because he's legal carer, but no expectation. Yeah, I guess because like obviously he doesn't have to do that for Sam, but he chooses to anyway. But obviously, he has to look after him, but he doesn't have to do all that yeah. extra stuff that he does with him. So yeah, that does make it a lot sweeter. Yeah, I think in in the Titanic scene, even Sam says something, doesn't he? He swears or something. Maybe let me have a look. He said, "I'm pretty sure he says something." Or in one of the scenes, he's he swears, and they sort of just go with it. I think he, he, and he, one thing he, does, have... he, he says at some point, doesn't he? Yeah, he, yeah. he does say his yeah. yeah, yeah. But and look... another thing which I think is great with their relationship is throughout the film, I'm pretty sure Sam's calling him Daniel. Yes, like he keeps calling him Daniel, and then by the end, after the show, Sam calls Daniel Dad. Oh, I, I was bawling. I was bawling I, at the I feel like I subliminally like, oh, realised, but I'd never actually kept track of it. But I'd, I'd realised that there was some yeah, big emotional thing about that. It's just lovely. I only realised it in this rewatch last night. Absolutely. 
There's a very similar moment in. Um, have you seen Goodnight, Mister Tom? No. Goodnight, Mister Tom. Can I can I tell a little story sure. on this sure. rhyme? Right. So, know the little boy. Yeah. He's my cousin. What? In Goodnight, Mister Tom. Yeah. That's cool. Wow. He's my like <laughs> second cousin. Yeah. He's um, he's like my. So he's my second cousin. He's my. So he's my dad's cousin. So it's on my dad's side. Uh, hold on a sec. Sorry. Yeah, he's he's my second cousin. He's at the moment is doing like theatre stuff in London, I believe. Is what yeah, I was I'm last told. He, he hasn't doing. been. So I've never met. He hasn't him. been in any films since two thousand three. No, um, he's doing like London. Nick Nick Robinson. That. Yeah, that is. It's like my I did granddad's. Side. I did not expect in mentioning a fairly obscure film for you to just say that's my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. It's, it's, that, that that's what my like my I was talking to my granddad and my nan about it because like obviously it was when I was starting college and wanting to do like films and um like filming things and all that and then my nan goes like re- mentions that uh mentions his name and says that um that he does stuff and I'm like oh okay and then he goes it's so it's your second cousin and I'm like sorry what and like damn and. <laughs> <laughs> like, because my dad's cousin, and I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm related to someone in the business." That's good. Well, Nick Robinson, if you're listening, get in touch. Guest on the show, Luke at LukeAllen.co.uk. I'm gonna definitely put in the description Reese's celebrity cousin. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's a lovely film. So then we've got Daniel and Sam, and Joanna's moving to America. And actually, before I forget. I was watching a film with Liam Neeson this week. I was watching The Commuter, which is a, it's a good movie. Uh, I can't remember the name of Liam Neeson's character, but I found it really weird, and it's got to be intentional, that the supporting characters in the film were called Danny, um, Karen, and Joanna. <laughs> like, surely uh, that's... Yeah, that's got to be deliberate. There is no way that that was <laughs> an accident. Um, so shout out to The Commuter. Anyway. So, what do you think about Joanna moving to America, and then uh, Daniel and Sam watching Titanic together? Obviously, it's like really, really sad for um, bloody hell, Sam. So, it, it's just just really depressing for him. But it's really nice how how his stepdad could be there for him. I'm blanking. I'll keep forgetting their name. Bloody hell. Um, but it's it's just really sweet how it it's it looks like it's like really late at night, and then he's like that's it, we're going to watch Titanic, just to, like, help him through it. He was just literally looking at Sam's mum, like, grieving, and he's just turned around, happy, and helping Sam, which I think is really adorable. And then he sat down and watched a film with him to, yeah. like, help him. A flipping really long sweet. film for late at night as well. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> literally. It's a three-hour film, mind you. It's longer than Les Miserables. Les Miserables I know, is three two, hours. Les Mis is two minutes, uh, two hours and 39 minutes. It's two minutes, Luke. Is it two minutes? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, our Les show is going to be a lot, a lot easier to do than uh, than we thought. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, two seconds. So the Titanic, that must be expensive to get the rights to show that. Surely, yeah, it It would. Who distributed it? Is Is it the same? Is it the same? Yeah, I was going to say it had to be right. They just had it in their their wheelhouse, and honestly, wouldn't be the movie I pick, but. You know, Not really, because it, it doesn't huge at the time. end great. No, it's Paramount Pictures and 20th Century Fox. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
So that's like a specific reason. Yeah, so uh, Richard Curtis must have specifically wanted that movie and paid through the nose in the same way that the entire music budget must have cost him at least, you know, 1.5 million. Yeah. Um, did we know the budget on this? Movie? Um, 30 million. I just I googled it earlier. Wow. Well, he he, he had it, just a few does... years prior made four weddings and a funeral, like, sure. which was at that time the most successful British film of all time. So, like, I I guess they weren't afraid of giving him money. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. Thirty million doesn't seem like just because it's you know it's chock a block with the uh, with stars. Yeah, well, I guess they only had to do like a week each. Oh, that makes sense. Sure, but I guess Martin Freeman wasn't that popular. No, he'd only done The Office. Then. I think. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. It's it's hard to put them in their their time and place. Well, I mean, Liam Neeson had done uh, episode one at this point. <laughs> when was Taken? That must have been before this. Taken? Taken. No, yeah, I think it was seven, wasn't it? After, yeah. Two thousand eight. Um, yeah, I'd always thought that was before this. So was Liam Neeson not even that big at this point? Again, he, he, I think a lot. He's quite gone gin at this point. Come on, because Richard Curtis makes a joke on the commentary about how weird it was talking to Liam Neeson on the phone. So I always assumed that was a reference to Taken. <laughs> Schindler's List had happened. Okay, yeah, sure. I mean, they must have been, like, fairly well-known since they used... Like, Rowan Atkinson is in it for what? Two scenes. Maybe five minutes? Yeah. Two scenes? Technically, the second scene, he doesn't even talk, really, does he? Well, he does, yeah. but, like... Yeah, no, I know what you mean, yeah. Not to any other main characters. Yeah. But uh, they must have been, like, fairly well-known since they were put on the cover of the film to sell it. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, Andrew Lincoln, he wasn't really known then, was he? He wasn't really known until The Walking Dead. No, the casting director for this is really, really good. Yeah, so he'd done Les Miserables, he'd done Star Wars Episode One, he'd done Schindler's List, he'd done The Widowmaker. Okay, so his price went down after The Widowmaker, I understand. I only saw The Widowmaker once, I liked it, I think. Was that the K-19? Yeah. I only saw it once yeah. years and years ago, so I it's I was very young, but I liked it. But so we've got this this whole sequence with them watching Titanic, and my only note for that is that it's probably very expensive to use. Well, it, okay, so there's two things. Um, it, just to just to put a cap on it, I I love that Daniel doesn't try to convince Sam that his feelings are silly or underdeveloped. Again, parents can learn from that. But then the other part. Joanna being the same name as her as his mom, that's brutal. That that's weird. That's that's brutal. And, but it was fine in about I'm, time. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say only because I I I'm, I've been in the position, you know, where the where the object of my affection had had the same name as my mom, and it's it is it's a deterrent. <laughs> it's not great. No, I, get I, that. I don't put it in the plus column. Yeah, I I, res- I respect that, and I think it's it's very adult of Sam to actually approach it in the way that he does, without feeling yeah. so instantly uncomfortable about it. He just makes the sort of weird, I think he says or something, which is just he doesn't even say that. Actually, I thought he said weird. He just says, "Yeah, I know, same as mum," and it's just like you can tell it's it's gonna it's it's a strange thing, but. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. I really love that he was like, "I know I should be thinking about mom, and I do, uh, but I'm in love." And, and and it's like, 
yeah, other things do take not precedent, but you can't sit there weeping or or you know dour the entire time. Like it's it's such a uh, again just that bit of because realism. whilst not in that specific circumstance, I have definitely had moments wherein there's something majorly stressful or sad, and I'm stressing or thinking about other things, and you do feel guilty. You think, why am yeah. I thinking about? Why am I worrying about? I don't know. Let's let's take it to a, a really sort of extreme example. Let's say you just yeah you just lost a family member, and then you've got mm-hmm. like exams or something and you're like why am i worrying about exams i should be worried about this or you know it's a it's a perfectly normal thing for him to say so i like that he acknowledges it like you can tell that maybe that's one of the reasons he was afraid to talk about it at first oh i hadn't put that together but that's that's absolutely wonderful because yeah um, it, it is daniel's still clearly very upset over it and right. Daniel's the stepdad, He's, which means likely Sam has known his mum longer than Daniel has. So right. Sam should be sadder and he's seeing Daniel being upset and he doesn't think he's able to talk about what else is going on in his life. Yeah, yeah. And, that, you know, it's just part of the human human resilience. You you, you can't focus on the negative the entire time. And, and even though, you know, he's Sam is considering his love for for joanna you know uh, uh negative you know sorrowful you just you, you can't you can't sit there and, and be depressed the entire time and you shouldn't be and and we don't you know it's that time heals all wounds kind of thing it's it's a hundred percent true but i like that he also does kind of show the sad the sam shows kind of the sadness and stress around love as well because i've had that like when i've when i've like got quite a big crush on someone i've had i've had both the sort of Oh yay, lovely, happy stereotype thing you see. But I also have the kind of oh no <laughs> sort of feeling of the oh this is gonna be this is gonna be all that I'm thinking about for the next however long. <laughs> it's just the and that's what, that. What I think is great. I don't know if you've already mentioned this. I sort of I, I want to read a few of these things that I've read. Yeah, of course. Right. But what what I think is great is even though he knows that they're so young and it is likely not gonna work out you know in the long run and later on in their lives because they're so young but he still goes with it like he still you know tries to help him yeah i was still talking about daniel and yeah Sanya. yeah, yeah. I, I like how he's still uh, have you already said this no not exactly no. like no. You, like how even though he knows that it's not likely to work out he still you know helps him try and get mm. to get to her well i'm gonna yeah, i'm gonna send just to sort of like make him happy and build their relationship i'm gonna send both of you yeah. a link to uh they did a, a mini sequel to love actually for red nose day a couple of years ago oh sure and i don't know have either of you seen it i have i think yeah. i've seen i think i might have seen it so when you actually i know i've seen the <laughs> card scene yeah you, you see how you know. daniel and sam are when now, now they're older and Sam talks about love, and he and he just makes a comment. You know, the only time I actually think I've seen you in love was when you were little with that girl Joanna from school, and that's just a person. And then you see Joanna as an adult, and it's all sweet and quite cheesy. But right. it's like that. Even in hindsight, when he's older, he still saw that as love. Yeah, which I think is that's... is quite nice and sweet. And just looking at the length of the recording, I think we should move on to. Uh, um, um, do you mind if I read a yeah, few Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, of course. They kind of fit in with what we were 
have actually mentioned. There are a few facts. So th- this one's not that great. It's just quite kind of interesting. So hold on. So where is it gone? So you know the lake where they were swimming, yes. like Colin Firth and Lucia. Aurelia. Moniz- oh yeah, Lucia. Yeah, the actress. Aurelia. Yeah. Lucia. Yeah. yeah. When like where they were actually swimming, it was only inch eighteen inches deep. I had that written so down and to, completely forgot to say it. So yeah, thank you. They had to kneel down and pretend it was deep water. You, you can really by mosquitoes. You can Fun really tell that it's only eighteen inches deep when when you're watching it and you know that. Yeah. But when I was watching it yesterday without this fact, I was like, Oh, they're swimming. That's not what I thought, but yeah. <laughs> the other one, uh so Aurelia so the actress, she only got she got the part as a result of a joke by a friend of hers, who was in a cast, who was a casting director, sent her a few photos to this movie's casting director. Hold on a second, English Reese. So Aurelia got the part as a result of a joke by a friend by a friend of hers, who was a casting director, and sent her photos to this movie's casting director, L- Lucia. Is that how you say her name? Lucia. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah, she she went to the cast and then ended up getting chosen. So basically, she got the part, like kind of got the part as a joke, which I thought was quite funny. Yeah, that's great. It's not that interesting, but I thought, hey, why not? They kind of fit in with the scenes that we're talking about. Mm. No, they're they're good. But there's, but here's here's one. uh, Hold on a second, sorry. Emma Thompson. That's um. Karen. Natalie. No, it's not. I'm being dumb. No. So it's not, it's, uh, my mind's just on blank. But according to the writer and director, Richard Curtis, they had to put uh, Emma Thompson in a fat suit to make it appear heavier, because she's actually a thin woman. That's not in our scene. But That's interesting. We were kind of talking about... And um, why? About it earlier with Natalie. Yeah, that's true. They sh- they should have done a little more with, with Natalie in terms of her weight, because whilst it's still... Seems wrong, the comments that are being made about her size with the modern view. I think it would have been nicer if she was actually a larger woman, and it would be sweeter. <laughs> so we get this very brief moment with the Prime Minister and having like a cup of tea delivered to him, and it's not really anything to say. <laughs> um, he's just sat missing Natalie. It's just, that's it, really? That's the scene? <laughs> okay, Sadness. so there's a picture behind him, right? Yeah. Um I I'm imagining it's a previous prime minister. I could not find out who it was. I did a, I I went on a in a rabbit hole. Um and I was just wondering if it stands out to you guys as as somebody familiar. No. No, okay. Okay. I'm not that familiar you know, I, in politics. I didn't know if it was a, you know as recognizable as like Abraham Lincoln or something to to me and you really you guys were like yeah, that's just this guy. It's just a painting of a bloke, yeah. It's it's the very common thing in any sort of British films where someone's a bit posh, is that they've got a painting <laughs> of a member of their family up on the wall. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. There's one in About Time in the start. Wait, is that? Yeah, when he says... I forgot what the name is. It's about his... It's when he says about... What was it? It was about maybe using... It wasn't about using time travel for money. It was the other thing where he says money... Oh, I wouldn't have to work. He was like, oh, I can't remember the exact line, but it's like, look at your great-grandfather, see what happened to him. What happened to him? Absolutely sod all. And they show a painting of him. <laughs> Start, something like that. <laughs> but, because the humour in that is the fact that clearly something happened to him in the fact that there's a painting of him. Um, <laughs> so, 
we'll just move on to this very last bit with Aurelia and. Okay, re- real quick, just yeah. in, in just to get this part out and, and to make editing a nightmare for you, Luke. Um, just to go back, if I could just give one one last thought on yeah. our first scene. Okay, yeah. Okay, so I wanted to say that so uh, Colin Firth's um, character Jamie, when when Aurelia pulls up the 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 coffee cup and the and the pages go flying, what I always like to think of is that the 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 written word on page and the fact that he goes to this French chalet to to write when she releases that that she kind of releases his ego and, and by that I mean he hasn't really noticed anybody other than himself he's very self centered at this yeah. point understandably considering then, what's happened to him but yeah right right and and then you know uh, Aurelia uh, undresses in front of him and then. Boom! He suddenly he suddenly sees the world around him. Oh wait, I'm in the French countryside. I'm at this b- beautiful lake. There's this amazing woman who's been walking around in these ridiculous uh, uh, nurse shoes this entire time. But wow, look at her! She's out of that, and she is absolutely stunning. And and kind of breaks down his ego, breaks down his self centeredness, and from that point forward, he is surrounded in the world he lives in so he's in the present as opposed to you know on the page on a typewriter instead of a computer um anyway i I just wanted to make that point yeah no i like that um and i do apologize for if i appear to be slightly like rushing through stuff it's just not at all not at all i've realized how long we've suddenly been (laughs) yeah very quick one you know we're talking about uh thomas's age yeah sam's age so he was playing a 13-year-old, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And we're talking about how young he looks. He was cast as a 13-year-old in Game of Thrones when he was 23. <laughs> so, yeah. In two, so in 2013, it was 2013, he was playing a 13-year-old and he was 23, which I thought was quite funny. That's incredible. Yeah. I wouldn't have imagined yeah. him a day over 10. I'm just looking at pictures. <laughs> he was 23 then. In Game of Thrones, he yeah. looks 13. Yeah, that's, I've never watched Game of that Thrones. That is incredible. He looks 13. Yeah, an- another one, it's not as interesting, but maybe something that you may have spotted. Um, where, when Daniel says, we need Kate and we need Leo, we need them now, you can be seen holding a uh, toothpick in his left yes. hand. And then later on, Sam has the toothpick in his mouth. Yeah, it's it, uh, it's a thing that Liam Neeson yeah, did when he stopped smoking, is that he... yeah, that's what I was just saying. Oh, yeah. yeah, he wouldn't like leave without a toothpick or something because yeah, yeah, it's a thing that Liam Neeson did a lot. That smoking. I guess they decided to incorporate into the film, but then he got Thomas Sangster into using toothpicks a lot as well. Oh wow! Right, uh, sorry, I'm I'm just reading some facts on IMDb. Andrew Lincoln was initially unsure about his character as he thought the scene with handwritten signs was borderline stalker territory. Oh, good on him. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. He didn't he didn't think filming filming was stalkerish. Well look, he, he knew he was good enough looking <laughs> that it was gonna pass, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, oh, it's quite interesting though that he almost I guess he almost passed it up because of it maybe. Or he was unsure. I take unsure as passing out. Mm. I I nearly yeah. lost my mind 
after you know season two of Walking Dead when I realized who he was in uh, in yeah. Love Actually, it, because you know yeah, he it's... looks completely different. You know, it's not yeah he... not the same. I mean, he looks slightly different. Yeah, I, I guess yeah, not massively yeah, I... different. I don't think, but after, maybe after watching it like seven years later or whatever, you maybe yeah probably wouldn't recognize. Right, right. I just I just didn't have the connect, and then I was like, oh my goodness, he's British. <laughs> it's Mark. I was like, no. Yeah. But he yeah. says Carl so weird. Carl. Well, you see, we Brits Carl. just seem to be pretty good at just taking over American shows. Just look at Hugh Laurie. Yeah, it it doesn't go the other way, does it? No. No. The The Walking Dead is yeah. full of British actors. I'm pretty sure, like, all the American characters are British. And then, like, all the British characters are American or something. Yeah. Well, not there's not many British characters. I don't think there's any British characters, but they're sort of all, like, people with different actors, uh, accents, which I thought was quite funny. Uh, yeah, sorry. Again, I'm going off. On one. Not at all. We we just can't pull it off. We cannot. No, I think... But, yeah, but The Walking Dead's just full of British actors, I believe. Like Lauren Cohan. Wait, what? British. She's British? British? Yeah. Oh my gosh! I, I, she was a uh, okay. I did not realize that. Yeah, she's she's British. She was in Supernatural, um, like I don't know, season six, I think, five or six. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, I didn't watch it. Her character was British in that. She, I don't think she had to put on an American accent, but yeah, she's British. Oh wow. Um, Lenny James more. Uh, Lenny James is British. Yeah, yeah okay, Morgan. that makes sense. Yeah. 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 He was in um Oh, what's that one he was in? The the, the cop one. Please one. In uh give me a sec. In Line of Duty. Mm, in fact, just one um one sort of chime in as to when it does go the other way is uh, Bridget Jones, Renee Zellweger. Yeah, do you guys accept that? Yeah, I do. I I I assumed she was British <laughs> until I saw her in something else. Get out! Really? Yeah. Oh, that's that's wild. That's wild. Uh, you, you know, I'd seen uh, um, uh, Jerry Maguire. Yeah, you know, I'd seen her in tons of things. Jerry Maguire in Chicago. Uh, wow, that's that's great. That's great. But then I did recently we, watch a we got movie one. starring Renee Zellweger that I saw she was in it, but she was in like she looked so different that I spent the entire film yeah. with her as one of the leads, thinking, "When's Renee Zellweger going to turn up?" Oh, I forget what it was yeah. called. Um, it was... Uh, oh, I got it. I got it. It was the same kind of different as me. It was one of the few good Christian movies with her and Greg Kinnear. Like, wow, what... Greg Kinnear was in another movie? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I haven't really seen him in a movie since As Good As It Gets. Oh, wow. No, I've seen him in quite a bit. Um, Stuck On Me or Stuck On You? That was... Oh, oh, the uh, Fairley Brothers Yeah, was that movie? before or after As Good As It Gets? I you know why I think that was after that was um, after yeah then there was uh, he was in another Christian film called Heaven Is for Real like as 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 a Christian I hate a lot of Christian movies but the two Greg Kinnear Christian movies are actually solid films and I love him as an actor I, I really do I mean as good as it gets was one of my 
you know, one of those movies that was like, oh, good, people are like me. <laughs> yeah. Aure- so Aurelia and uh, uh, Jamie. It's been so long I Jamie, forgot his yeah. name. Uh, right. <laughs> there's not, they, they, they say goodbye. Sad moment, sweet moment. What do you think? Okay, right. Mm, sad. Uh, mm. I think, right, personally because it's me, I don't think it's sad because it's a movie. You know they're going to see each other again. Like, but if you think about it from the perspective, like you're worried you won't, they won't see each other again. Of course, it's going to be sad. Like she walks away crying, but he doesn't see that. He thinks like she's just walking away, doesn't give a damn. And really, she's like, I don't want to leave, but you know, bye bye. Yeah. It's it's really sweet. It's really sad, and it's it surprised me that this early on in the film this happens. That her being his maid is literally finished here. Like I remembered it taking being so much uh, like later. That, that's film, true. That that's true. But it is. Surprise. It's great that it's the end of their working relationship. Yes. You know, so that she uh, she at this point is no longer worried about getting fired, and she has some agency, and she is the one that kisses him. Mm. If if Jamie had been the one to kiss her, I, I think I couldn't have uh, signed off on. No, this. I couldn't. But. So wonderful. And and she does it and she walks away and she's wiping tear after tear. Oh, it's just it's it's heartbreaking and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. Yeah. I think to even keep it just very short and sweet with us each just maybe saying one thing about this scene is gonna be the best way to do it, and that is that is pretty much it. Reese, what what do you think of this this whole goodbye? I really like it. My favourite part of it is uh when he crashes. Because he's yes. thinking about her or something. <laughs> that, I thought, but in all fairness, that like, other yeah, that's kind of that other driver Not wasn't yet, but... great either, was he? No, I mean, come on, you, you beeped. You had enough time to stop. You were beeping for like four seconds. Sorry, <laughs> road rage here. Yeah, but also like yeah, like yeah, he's coming around a corner. You can see Jamie moving. He's not gonna like. You can see. Hey, Jamie's there anyway. Jamie's only just turned. He had plenty of time to stop, like the other. The other guy, he must have been like paying attention or something. Yeah, and it's just it's just a weird sort of way to just finish <laughs> finish the scene. It's just kind of, but I kind of I kind of like a small car bump happening because you don't have that a ton in film. No, I, I like it. It's 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 a uh, it's like it's a cap off to the frustration, and it's not a car bump or crash or anything that's gonna be you know become a big part of the plot. It's just like oh, fart, fair point, yeah. There we go, yeah. carry on. It's not going to be that we then, you know, cut to him in hospital and Aurelia comes and visits him and, you know. <laughs> yeah. Cut to him getting out of the car and Liam Neeson, like, doing a front flip over it with a gun in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's... The car and we get... explodes as Michael Bay takes and we get that, direct turn. And... That sweet, sweet ad for the new 2003 Ford Fiesta. I mean, yeah. come on, how do you miss that? <laughs> James Bond comes in <laughs> and his Aston Martin. And... So I I do quite like this this goodbye. It's a nice it's a nice farewell, which they you know, which could potentially be forever. Obviously, we find out later on that it's not. Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, but if anyone's listening to this and doesn't know how love actually ends, then I, I respect that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to say that's weird, but actually. From what you've said, and a load of other people, the people listen to two, there's so many people listen to two minutes about time you've never seen about time. So, uh, yeah, that's that's good. I appreciate that, and thanks to you as well for listening to it without seeing about time. Was was there anything that actually oh. drew you to wanting to listen to it? Or? 
I guess I'll listen to any movies by minute as long as I know it's in good hands. And uh, what it was the uh, the oh, what do we even call it? The the movies by minute uh, uh, get together that we had. What's MXM that? at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're in the MXM at now, home. Actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was that. Then we're like, okay, yeah, I want to listen to this. I want to want to want to get together on on what's going on here. Oh yeah, because I premiered some stuff there, didn't I? As well. So. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did the the love actually. Yes. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say premiere or trailer. What do you what do you call I just it? Called it a teaser. A teaser. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, right on. Look at this. This is fantastic. And you know what? There's a bit of um, uh, vulnerability that you show, like in in producing that together, like where you can be. It's not the butt of the joke, but you can. You you're not the straight man. You're not the hey. I'm I'm cool. I'm cool hand Luke over here. <laughs> um, and I just I I appreciate that, and I'm just like, yeah, that's me too. Let's yeah. Let's go on this adventure together. So, um, Major, where can our listeners find you on social media? Yes, uh, reflexpoint.podbean.com. You can find us on Instagram at uh, reflexpointpod. Um, And that's really about it. Yeah, come come listen. If again, if you if you like the show, if you like uh, uh, Robotech, you know it's it's a super niche market, and I always. I always knew that going in, but it's a passion project. And uh, and if anything, if you want to hear me wax poetic about a cartoon that's 35 years old, well, come on over. Reese, where can our listeners find you? Um, I need to try and remember them now. Don't I? Um, Instagram. Give me one second. I used to know it's... when I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, it's Reese. Uh, <laughs> just probably Reese Odd. Would you, would you be able to... Use previous. I've got it. It's it's Reese dot yeah. o underscore zero two. <laughs> That's the one. I don't. Even, I've just got it up on my phone. I don't even remember my own own tags and stuff. You keep um, saying you're going to change yeah, the picture re- as well. That's the funny thing. Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's been like six months. I might just keep it the same as a little joke or yeah. something. It's a Reese dot o underscore zero two. You'll see a picture of me in a suit sticking my tongue out. I'm going to change it. But I've not in six months. There you go. Just basically, that's that's my little thing I say. Twitter is but, um, yeah, Twitter at odd underscore Reese. I've got this. Yeah. Have you written these? No, now? I'm just checking as we go. <laughs> I honestly don't remember them because I don't really use them ones. I just use my my private ones to be honest because I've not really been doing much work recently. That's well, funny. I, COVID. I, but, yeah, I I. Um, I joked in the oh. serious way that the only reason I started a podcast was so I had something to plug in case I ever got on somebody else's podcast. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh, so, Lara, where can the listeners find you on social media? Okay, you can find me on Instagram, Lara Collier underscore official. You can find me on Facebook, uh, or is it Lara Collier Music? Yeah. Okay, I got it right. But I didn't even have to read it, I remembered. Um... And you can find me on YouTube, where I've done one of my original songs. It's on Bottle Productions. Yes. And I've also got my own YouTube channel. I've got two videos up. Um, It's just Lara Collier, so just my name. And I've done a cover of a song from Hamilton, and I've also done an original. 
So you can go check those out if you like. Brilliant. And so I'll say, unless you've got any further plugs, that the listeners can find me on Twitter at llama underscore bottle zero, Instagram the ginger Luke, Facebook Luke Allen Film, all podcasts, radio appearances, newspaper articles, short films, anything I'm remotely involved in is over at LukeAllen.co.uk. This show is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Christmas Act Pod. They can also find us on IMDb. That that was really weird because I'm used to hearing you the, saying the two. Yeah, I know. Time, I I, like, I, I Whoa, still find it weird to say. Like I keep I keep stumbling. <laughs> yeah. And we don't have a Facebook group for like... this show, which is annoying. But yeah, I love how you're like all professional. You're like at Luke Productions and all this and that, and I'm just like. Uh... I don't know. Yeah, but I'm also llama <laughs> underscore bottle zero on Twitter, so I think we're fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I have no idea what my public ones are. But... Um, outside yeah, of... If, if it's easier for you, just use, like... Audio from... One of the, yeah. you know, the ones that we did for... Yeah. One of the other ones, if it makes it easier. I don't know. And so all that's <laughs> left to say to the listeners that. is that me and Lara will be back on Monday the 14th of December. As Sam decides to become a drummer, we see the Christmas party, and I'm just checking there's nothing else worth saying, really. And um, Sarah and Carl may finally get together. Christmas Actually theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. Christmas Actually is produced by Bottolo Productions and is distributed by Lemming Drops Studio. For more podcasts and blogs, visit lemmingdrops.com. Mm-hmm.